0: Put your game face on Garner. Let's do this. (laughs) I am, but I am tuckered out. I, I have like edible energy right now, but I'm good. I'm fine.
1: Hi. Hi, Hi, I'm Madeline Smith.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Sarah Garner and this is Cheers for Queers. I feel like you introduced yourself with a real come-hither face. Are you feeling sexy and saucy today? What's going on?
1: voila. Did I? It's it's probably because I had so much sex this week that now this is just my natural state of being. But like I told you in that group chat, I did get drunk and cry during sex. So it was really hot. It was a really great experience for everyone involved, actually. I feel like that's not the first time you've told me you've gotten drunk and cried during sex. No, yeah, it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened like numerous times for sure.
0: Like a lot. <laughs> you almost <laughs> cried the one time. Also, I feel like we should talk about this today. That you told me that four different people sent you a screenshot of me and were like, "Your new girlfriend is so cute."
1: Yeah, yeah. People kept people kept messaging me, going, "Your new girlfriend is so cute." And I do have a new girlfriend, but I but it isn't like I, it hasn't been made official online right. yet. So I was like, how did they know I have a new girlfriend? I've only had a new girlfriend for like a month. How do they know? And then they were like, I was like, oh, thanks so much. And then they'd be like, this is her, right? And they'd send a picture and it was me and you. And I was like, no, that's not not her. (laughs) I want to perpetuate
0: that rumor for as long as possible until you make your official announcement, which I guess this is kind of an official announcement. But until you officially announce who it is, I want everyone to think it's me.
1: I'm going to officially announce who it is on Valentine's Day. You're going to announce it, it on Valentine's Day? It wasn't. It, I didn't choose Valentine's Day. I was like, I was like, do you want to be Facebook official? And they were like, let's do it on Valentine's Day. And I was like, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> that is the most lesbian yeah. stuff I've ever. I
0: love I actually, you know what? I'm living for it. Help me so I can help publicize this. I really am dying to do it. I'll tag you in it when it happens.
1: Wait, what are you going to do? Tag me in it. Me? I don't you know. I really got to write, write a speech. Yeah, I'll write a I speech.
0: I brought them together. I <laughs> feel like I sat in the Did, car. Did. Didn't listen. I? i
1: kind of. Did.
0: I feel in like. In some way. Well, in you're welcome. Way. Do you want to? Well, it's good to be back after we cried in our last episode. I don't feel like we're going to cry at all today. I'm not no. in a crying mood.
1: I might cry, but probably not. Is that a Maple Leafs m- cup you got there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's the Maple Leafs. It's the Leafy Hell Boy. Oh, yeah, baby. In maple Leafs. Coming out. You're a true Canadian. I so am you- a true
0: Canadian. That's where I was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hockey's in our blood. Yeah. Should we introduce our guest? Like, I'm super stoked about our guest today. I'm always stoked about our guest, but I'm particularly stoked about this guest, who I love very much.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll introduce. You're usually the better introducer, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to live up to your standards, Madeline, as I always <laughs> am. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm super excited, uh, that we have a guest today who I love very much. Um, she's one of my favorite comedians like ever, I think, and in the whole city. And I feel lucky enough to call her my friend as well. And we are in a group chat together so like whatever not a brag um but her real credit is that she's a writer for SNL um and super funny and so friends it's Vanessa Jackson Yay!
2: hello happy to be here
1: Vanessa we're so happy to have you I feel like you and I fell in love a little bit at the tiny cupboard and then I never saw you again
2: That is true. You're one of the people we were talking earlier about how there are sometimes people you just don't run in circles with. You're like, I see you around or I hear about you and then I just never see you anywhere. And it's so sad. We did. We were like kindred spirits. And then both of our spirits had to float off and never see each other (laughs) again in (laughs) real life. (laughs)
1: So no, listen, you got, you got hired at SNL. I got a bout of stomach cancer. So we both were oh, like doing no.
2: <laughs> So same, same deal, you know, same thing. <laughs> you were both
0: on your journeys. Yeah, you parallel trajectories. Pa- yes, parallel trajectories. really soaring,
1: both of you.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh.
1: It's coming true, but I am yeah. doing better now, so I got to get back out there. And then when I was starting to get better, then it was like the COVID surge. And I was like, is this the time to try to get back out there? I don't know, but. Now okay. I think I'm going to actually do it. So maybe we'll sure. be in the same circle again,
2: I hope. Yes. Okay. I hope so. And I'm sure we will soon enough.
1: <laughs> we'll go to Alfred College and do a gig. I was trying to get you to come to Alfred Hi. College in upstate New York. Yeah. That was actually, that's so funny
0: because we, Vanessa, you and I had like just started doing shows together a lot. And I feel like though we hadn't crossed the like friend friend threshold. I feel like there oh. was like one night that I was like, we have crossed the thresholds, you know? Yes.
2: It's very true. It's nice part about comedy too, or especially doing comedy in clubs when there's so many men at a certain point, you're like, oh, you're a nice woman and I like you and I think you're funny. So now we're best friends. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You like have to do that, right? Uh-huh. Otherwise yes. you'll
0: blow your fucking brains out. Um, yeah, survival
2: tactic for sure.
0: <laughs> but we, it was like before we were like, like had crossed that threshold and I was like well Vanessa Jackson's super funny like we should ask her and then I was like she's like so funny and so cool and so I wasn't you know what I mean so we were like you know when you had like our fan of somebody from which typically is how those like cool and funny women friendships start is where I'm like I'm like your fan now like and we're like in the same room all the time and it's just us and like all the dudes like sucking each other's dicks Mm and I was like so I was like we should talk to Vanessa Jackson. And then that's how that happened.
2: I love that. It is always funny to think back about your impression of someone before you were like actual friends. I always think back on that. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's what I thought about that person. That's so funny. (laughs) Not even like bad or anything. You're always just like, Oh, okay. That's it's hilarious hearing you say "Oh, fan. I love it. And now I'm like your (laughs) biggest fan and it's just fun. All love, as Justin Don't. Bieber would say.
0: We said we weren't going to cry today on this podcast. And now you're, you're going to go and make me do it. No, it's fine. I never cry. I'm like the never. iron lady.
2: <laughs> Eyes of steel. And I love I, that.
1: <laughs> There's no water in this system. No. She never cries. But then the last episode, there, she was crying a lot. And I was Aww. like, I'm kind of glad that this is happening. So people will know that I'm not the fucking simp, cock, soy boy. I'm like,
2: that's so funny. <laughs> you're like it's all on her
1: <laughs> like people need to know that she's the true soy boy what if i started calling you a soy boy sarah would you think that's cool no <laughs> <Or> <laughs> I
2: <not>. hilarious <laughs> i think it should happen
1: that's <laughs> okay, okay. I was just thinking we saw you at um remember when we did that our weird little roast show at the tiny cover Oh and
0: yes yes yes
1: we were all together cuz I remember seeing you Vanessa and you were you were like ripping wait what's her name is it Tessa Tessa, Tessa. Yeah, yeah.
0: Tessa. yeah we
1: love we're like Tessa like ripping Tessa apart and I thought it was really funny because I was like me and Sarah had written jokes just like we're best friends and then you were like kind of destroying this girl <laughs>
2: It was, I will never, I did that. That was my first roast show that I've ever done. And I did it and I will never again do another roast show. I, not even
1: because
2: I, bless your soul. I enjoy like writing for them. It's not even because it's like what I didn't get hurt by what she says because my brain is like okay she's gonna say mean things i don't like ripping somebody else apart it was that's like not fun because no Mm -hmm. matter what you're like hey sorry this is gonna be hurtful (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah and we even tried to stay away from like let's not do anything about like looks or anything like that we tried to keep it like and it still was just not ideal you know what I mean just not not great so which is fine we're friends did you, yeah we both were like totally fine I just in my heart felt bad for like a day yeah. <laughs> I was like that was so mean
1: yeah No, well, I understand it was weird when we were writing them for each other I think for me and Sarah because it was like I I didn't we didn't really say anything mean it was like very goofy but it was like there were certain things that I was like wait would this like destroy our friendship
2: <laughs> yes yeah. You think in theory, you're like, oh, doing it with like your friends is so much better because like, oh, you guys are like closer, but it's almost harder than like a stranger. Cause a stranger, you can just walk away, no ties and be like, sorry, I just eviscerated you. But a friend you're like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I just don't like, I don't, I also don't like roasts. Like yeah. it's just not a comfortable media. I'm not good at it.
1: Hmm. It's
0: It's just not a comfortable medium to like make fun of I don't know I don't yeah. love it No, I
2: agree and I did it also because the two people who host it Matt Dietz and Kristen Saltman are like awesome and I love them and I was like yeah I'd love to give you guys a show but uh yeah it's it's a I think it's because comics a lot of comics it comes from like their comedy comes from like a place of pain but a lot of them are just like you're just also a mean person and I feel like that's none of our vibes so it made it even more difficult yeah <laughs> To be like, I don't need to tear down someone to feel something, but okay.
0: (laughs) No, that is funny that you say that because I do feel like, I think one of the things that like always like draws me to both of you is that like both of your comedy is like, it's like very, I think it's like personal, but it's also like, you're just out here like trying to like, it it feels like when you're watching you both on stage, you're like kind of talking to a best friend, you know? And so like, I feel like sometimes comedy can feel really combative with the audience and roasting is kind of built on that. Like we have to have like some kind of combat to make this work. But like, I actually think that the best comedy is comedy that just like brings people in. And I think that that's like what draws me to both of you and, and why roasting is just like so painful. I'm like, I don't want to, I like want to have fucking fun up here. I want to like, I don't know, make people feel less alone, not like eviscerate somebody.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I always think that's my favorite thing about comedy is there's so many different types. And like, you could be the kind that's like really poignant and talking about like political stuff and like really divisive and uh, things like that. I'm not that genre, but I'm like, if anyone is more power to you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I think somebody just commented on a TikTok. Uh, video that I posted today which was a stand-up clip and they said oh, no. wow you're really good at talking to people and I was like yeah that's that, thank you I mean that's what stand-up is like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like so funny. when I've had videos I've had a couple videos go like viral on there and usually the comments are good but there's always like yeah I always get like men being like this is an example of why women aren't funny and like yeah you know, you're a dumb bitch and all that yeah
2: classic Great. ones where you're like mm, thank you so much <laughs> yeah no I don't think as many people realize because it also that is a weird skill for stand-up too is like it's very hard making yourself sound like you which sounds dumb <laughs> but it is and like talking to just people in a way that's funny and like elicits laughs
1: mm-hmm.
2: not an easy I skill
1: right. I think when I first started I first started like eight almost nine years ago. And I, and it was when Amy Schumer was really popular. And I think for the first year, I was just like a ripoff of Amy Schumer, you know, like not myself at all.
2: I 100% was, and it was validated because my sister came. I did my very first stand up show, and it was like all women. And uh, my sister goes, Oh my gosh, it was great. She was like, You guys were all doing like impressions of Amy Schumer. <laughs> like, but she said it is like not even like a bad thing, as if like she thought that's what we were all trying to do. She was like, Yeah, you were all just doing like your little Amy Schumers. <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah because it was in like the height of when she was like the biggest, not even female, but just like comic. And it's like, yeah, if I go back and listen, I'm like, it sounds exactly like her cadence. And yes, yeah. Yeah. So that was, fun.
1: when did you first start Vanessa?
2: Um, okay. I started stand up technically in end of 2017 for like a class ish thing. Cause I'd never done stand up. And so I thought. This will be great. And I only did it for like a month during that class. I did maybe like a couple open mics and then the show, like at the end. And then I stopped because I didn't really like the scene in LA. And then I moved out to New York in 2018, end of 2018, and like really started doing stand up end of 2018.
1: You accomplished a lot in a short period of time. That's like really impressive. Yeah. It
2: has been a wild whirlwind of too much and, uh, a lot that's been really really good it feels like i don't know when you're living your own life it feels like a long time but also like a very short time so it's like both in my head where i'm like oh yeah it's only been this long and then sometimes i'm like oh oh my gosh it's been a journey (laughs) so yeah but yes i definitely have um yeah, made it a lot of really, really big strides, which I have to remind myself constantly.
0: <laughs> well, we'll remind you when you need someone to remind you, because that's Thanks. what friends are for. Are you? But you, you wrote for a little late with Lily Singh before too. Did you do that before you started stand up, or was this like all about the same time?
2: No. Okay. So let's see. The journey would be moved out to New York end of twenty eighteen. That's when mm-hmm. I started doing like stand up and stuff got the writing job with Lily at the end of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. December of, wait, is that correct? What year are we in? We're in 2022. Yeah. December of 2020 is when I got the writing job with Lily, with Lily Singh. And then I was doing that until April of 2020, when we ended up not getting a third season. I was only writing for their second season. Yeah. And then, yeah, was just living my best unemployed life for like six, seven months doing stand up and hitting shows and clubs and um, things like that. And then got SNL in September. Got it. So, yes. So a journey. So, yes, I was doing stand up before that. But it was also weird because I was only really doing stand up in New York for like slightly over a year before the world imploded. And then I was like doing Zoom shows, but Zoom shows for me, I always say for me specifically, because I know a lot of people who like killed it on Zoom and really like their material got so much better and they were able to develop stuff. I wasn't totally able to like develop stuff on zoom. So I was doing shows and stuff with just like my old material and then really focusing on like honing um, just like my writing skills during that time. So like writing sketches and writing topical jokes and like things of that nature.
0: Uh, I did like a several, we talked about this, Madeline, when we did that zoom, that lesbian zoom show, Together, which was actually fucking a blast. Um, but I yeah, I never felt super comfortable on Zoom. Like I think there's like positives to it. And like as somebody who's obsessed with crowd work and can't not do crowd work, it like really made me a little bit more disciplined with like, I'm gonna do jokes for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> which is like hard though. It's like hard for me to connect with an audience that way. And then I just don't feel like I'm doing my job in the same way. I don't know.
2: Yeah. No, I think it's because a lot of people think stand-up is a very interesting thing that like people, I think, misunderstand a lot of times. Um, and sometimes stand-ups we misunderstand it and we get like too intense about it. But uh, I think that a lot of people sometimes think like, oh, you're just standing there telling jokes. And no matter what, environment you're in doing that or whatever, it's always going to 100% work. (laughs) It's like, it really is a lot more of like a conversation and like being present with people. And like, it's very hard over zoom when you're just like staring at faces muted on the screen. So that was my thing too, where I would sometimes try to like play off of people. And I was just like, this is not, I did a festival uh, this last year, which was really, really fun, but it was like all the audience was on a screen, but we were like in person and I kept trying to like interact with people. And it was just like such, my set did not go off. Well, I tried to interact with a woman named Darlene, who I think was not aware that we could see her. (laughs) So (laughs) so that was a vibe. uh, Didn't go as planned. So it was, it was a lot tougher, I will say, but like I said, some people like really found a way to like make it work for them and more power to them.
1: Yeah, I think that Zoom shows are are especially difficult for someone like me and Sarah, who uh, probably the majority of our comedy is crowd work. But like, I still do a lot of crowd work over Zoom. Like, I was watching this tape from when I did a college gig over Zoom, and it was completely unhinged. Like, I was just like responding to all these people who kept talking in the chat, but none of yeah. them had their camera on, and none of them like. And so it was literally just like me talking like alone in this room with, and it it looks. <laughs> insane and but I was like I'm killing I'm cr- I'm doing 45 minutes and I'm crushing and it was like I mean That's it was so just absolutely insane so I I am glad now that shows are coming back but I do feel like I agree with you Sarah I think that it did like kind of help to um get to actual material because I will waste like half an hour doing crap work and not do any material that I've written so I yeah think that was helpful.
2: Literally. Yeah. No, I do like crowd work, but it is hard sometimes because you're like, oh, this is going completely away from (laughs) where. It's always good, but also hard when you like have a really good thing, but then it goes for too long. And then you're like, where was I in my set? (laughs) And you're like, how do I get back? Um, But yeah, no, I do love that kind of style.
1: So we were going to ask, we kind of wanted to just talk to you about if you feel comfortable talking about this, like the journey, you're usually we ask people about their queer journey, but sadly, you're not queer, and we still allowed <laughs> you, we still allowed you to come into our space.
2: <laughs> and I thank you for that in know, a safe space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> our safe Zoom. <laughs> you, you're just, you're allowed, you're always allowed with the gang here at Henrietta Hudson's, which is yeah.
2: come through. You. So come <laughs> through.
1: We go dancing, which when are we gonna do that? Whenever we do, we'll text you.
2: We will, um, hey, we'll let you I'm know. All, wait, what kind of places do you guys do dancing like salsa dancing or like hip hop? I don't know why salsa was my first. I've never <laughs> salsa danced in my life, no, just... and for some reason, that was the first one that I asked. Salsa dancing? Are we gonna go salsa? Let's <laughs> yeah.
0: fucking salsa dance though, for right. real. I think that <laughs> would be very it's fun.
1: A, it's just a room full of gay women moving. There's...
0: It's really, it's like. It's like gay women moving their bodies around. So I don't know if there's necessarily a genre for that, um, but we've made it, you know? Look. We'll
2: create a genre, and <laughs> that feels like friendship.
0: That's yeah. progress, baby. Yeah. Just a bunch of gay women in a room, making out, moving around. There's a lot of weird <laughs> shit that happens. I mean, there's
1: like, a lot of, like, 22-year-olds making out next to you, which is kind of weird. Yeah, um, That will happen. So just prepare mm-hmm. yourself. But, yeah, Henrietta Hudson's. I don't know why we're giving them a shout-out. We
0: <laughs> Can we get sponsored by Henra,
1: Henrietta Hudson? we probably already sponsored Dyking Out, but we'll call them. Fuck it. We'll call them. We're still gay. <laughs> awesome. Wait,
0: I feel like it's a lot of making out, a lot of, like, moving your body, a lot of, like, adjusting your flat-brim hat. And a lot of asking people what their sun, moon, and rising are. That's be- that's being at a lesbian bar. It's yeah. just a, it's so like funny. truly a gift. That yeah.
1: Sounds so great. much astrology. Wait, Vanessa, are you into astrology?
2: I'm not, sadly. I, I wish.
1: <laughs> yeah. my, only,
2: my only link to astrology is I used to write the um, uh, horoscope section for Tiger Beat magazine, but I never did any research. So no bad.
0: <laughs> you really? I, re- I actually, you told me that. And I remember being like kind of mad about it. Cause I was <laughs> yeah. like, is my whole life a lie?
2: You should be <laughs> mad about it. It was disrespectful of me to do that. And I apologize to all the young women who read that magazine between the years of 2015 and 2016. Oh that my is my God, fault.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> are a Sagittarius. I do know that.
2: Yes. My only hope is that I did not ruin anyone's life too hard. So.
1: <laughs> Honestly. Did you just like make shit up, or you just like, yeah, it's it's gonna be a good day for you. You're
2: gonna- I tried to do like minimal research, but I also tried to not go too deep. I was never like, today is the day you need to avoid school because the like I was never like that. I always tried to make it like as loose as like that cute person that you saw in your math class. Maybe say hello, you know, like just just enough, but not <laughs> not enough to ruin anything. Hopefully.
0: That's, yeah i also didn't know that tiger beat magazine was still a thing and i love that it is
2: still i don't even i wonder i don't know if now they still have a print edition when i was there they were going through a whole kind of like redesign because it was no longer the 80s um, or the 90s or the early 2000s so they were like really figuring it out um so i don't know if they still even have a print edition it was interesting but it was such a fun job the woman who ran it was so so great she had been there for like Twenty years, and was just fabulous.
0: That's since the JTT years, which were my years.
2: Yeah, That's hardcore.
0: <laughs> well, and so I guess that like leads. So what? What got you started in comedy? So you started as a writer then, before you ever did stand up. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I guess I it all feels so weird and blending. So basically, when I graduated college, the goal was to be a writer, I want to be like an entertainment journalist. Um, but I became an admissions counselor for a year because you take jobs, you know, and while i was doing that i was writing on the side so i was like submitting things for like blogs and doing just like random freelance stuff and then i was able to leave that admissions job for tiger beat to write um for them i did that for like a year and then after that i was working for like writing for a company called full screen basically they're like um they helped like content creators and stuff and while I was there, I decided to start taking hosting classes for hosting for like, like Juliana Rancic, Ryan Seacrest style, like on the red carpet reporting kind of a vibe. And so started taking those classes. Um, and one of the girls, there was like two incidents that kind of solidified that I should do comedy. And one of them was one of the girls in the class was like, oh, you're really funny. You're not like charming, but you're like really funny. Um, and I was like, <laughs> Okay, nice. but, uh, what a weird backhanded compliment! Cool, cool, cool. It's <laughs> so nice of you. Um, and so she suggested, like, I check out like UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade. So I kind of looked into taking sketch classes there, but they were so expensive, and I was already paying for hosting classes, which were also so expensive. Um, so I was like, let me just chill out for a second. And then we had like a teacher in one of the hosting classes I did who, like, Clearly had nothing planned for the class. And he came in and was like, so basically each one of you, he, he said he was like a live entertainment host for like the Super Bowl and stuff. And he was like, basically each one of you is going to go up and just do five minutes pretending you're at some sort of event and keeping us all entertained. And we were all like, okay, do we have any guidelines? And he was like, no, just go up there and keep us all entertained for five minutes. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I went like very last because I was so nervous about it. And at the end of like me doing my little five minute spiel, he goes, Oh, okay. Well, you're a stand up. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And he was like, Well, you're like a stand up. And I was like, Still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he was like, You do stand up comedy. And I was like, No, I don't do stand up comedy. And he was like, okay. And then like, kind of like dismissed me. And I was like, okay, maybe I should look into this stand-up comedy thing. Cause he genuinely thought I was lying, which also I was like, there are 35 students in here. And I went like second to last. If I was used to doing stand-up, don't you think I would have been like first up to like go do this little assignment thing? Um, but it did go pretty well. And I got some laughs. And so took this uh, like stand-up class, which is called Pretty Funny Women in LA, which is really, really awesome. It's taught by a woman named Lisa Sunstet. It's all women. And that class for me was helpful because because I know everyone has a different opinion about stand-up classes. I don't think it necessarily taught me to be like funny, but she taught me... Uh, it helped me feel confident in my voice. Cause number one, it was just all women, which was really great. She's awesome. She's like a working stand up comic. So she gives a lot of really great feedback on like your jokes and things like that. And there's just like a lot of technical stuff that nobody ever tells you about comedy that makes you look like very green without like I remember our very first class, she literally had us all go up to the stage take the mic out of the stand put the stand behind us and just say our name and then put the mic back in the stand and i was like that is stupid um and then like the very first time i'd ever did open mics and now i notice it all the time is people will take the mic out and they just leave it in front of you and you're like oh no you look like so i always try to tell Young women specifically, um, <laughs> always like, hey, just put it behind you because you look less like green or amateur. So things like that, I feel like that class really helped. But like I said, I didn't really like the scene in LA. Have either? of you done stand up in LA at all? Um, no.
1: I did once a few. I went and did a festival there years ago, and I I, I liked it, but it's definitely not anything like here. Like it's yeah,
2: not for on. sure. What festival was it?
1: It was like the Laugh Riot. Laugh Riot girl. girl? Yes. yes. yes.
2: everyone has done that yeah Yeah, oh is that bobby
0: oliver i do like bobby she's great
2: yeah
1: yeah She's. it was really fun and it was cool because i was still this was years ago so i was still like new to comedy so it was very cool because i got to meet like lori kilmartin and all these like very cool female comics and stuff but it was just very yeah doing the shows outside of the festival it is a weird scene for sure
2: yeah it just felt very like old school where it would be like and I think also I had to do a lot of the later mics cause I had a job. So I was doing the mics where it was like, Seventy-year-old men who were like, "I've been doing this for fifty years, and like, if you, I can't make it, you're not gonna make it." It was just like so sad, just so so sad, um, and I just couldn't find where the cool mics and the cool people were. And so I was like, "I don't think stand-up is my jam." So that's when I started doing stuff with like UCB and Second City and writing sketches. And um, when I got to New York in 2018, I started doing a sketch team, um, and and then I, that's when I really. So it was like, let me try stand-up again, because I feel like that's my favorite form of comedy is stand-up. And so started doing that, was able to like find my people, and I was like, okay, now it's fun and less sad. Um, yeah, that was kind of the transition from writing to comedy, because I feel like people always ask like, oh, did you like, were your parents afraid of you doing comedy? And I was talking to my mom about this the other day. And she was like, I genuinely didn't know comedy was like a serious thing you were going to pursue until you started doing Zoom shows. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, oh, she must really like this because that is not fun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that feels right. So it was like basically by the time I kind of was actually like really pursuing comedy, I kind of had found a little bit of like, OK, I can do this. I found a little bit more of my ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think it's like what's different? I haven't done I'm going to go to LA and it's so weird because people I've had like three people tell me that I should go to LA and that I people would like my comedy there more than in New York and I'm like I don't know if that's a compliment or not I yeah like that doesn't feel like a compliment (laughs) but I guess okay like Like, thank you I guess Um, yeah I don't know it I don't know what they meant by it but um I feel like if you do like one fucking act out in and I do multiple act outs in Uh you know most of what I do and so I feel like I feel like that's probably just people who like don't know much about comedy and they see one act out and they're like that's super LA and I'm like that's yeah not what that
2: is i think my only take on it because everyone has their weird new york versus la i have no idea what that person meant by la comics would like your stuff more because i think you're great either way um but i think at least for me when i was there like you i was still kind of figuring out what i wanted to do in comedy and i like really know knew that i liked joke writing and i like performing and being on stage but I think in L.A., everyone's a little bit more serious about like getting discovered and getting found. As to where I found in New York, there's a lot of people who like, yeah, people want to move up and people want to have careers and be in clubs and stuff. But people just like comedy. It felt like they just people enjoy the process of like joke writing and of, like working on jokes and working on material. And at least for me, when I was in L.A., I found that people enjoyed a little bit more of that, like okay, I'm going to go to a show and do my 10 minutes and hopefully someone discovers me and then I can get booked as an actor or get something else from that instead of just stand up. And I was like, I don't even really know what I'm doing yet. So I don't have the ambition to be like, okay, this is my time to get a sitcom kind of a vibe. And I couldn't, I could not for the life of me find young people who are cool to do stand up. I literally was at mics with just like, I remember there was one mic specifically where the guy was like, okay, so like, you can't do any misogynistic material, any blah, 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 blah. Anyone who does is going to get like kicked out or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's cool. First guy who goes up, there's only two women in the room. First guy who goes up is like, you know, I'm, what did he say? I'm, I'm celibate, but I would still, I would still rail both women in this room or something like that. And me and her both looked at the host and he's just chilling. Like, no idea that that was, mis- he was like, no, that's fine. That's cool. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Great. So that's weird. Uh Cool. Didn't flag that as a thing you shouldn't say to a human. um So it's just like weird things like that, where I was just like, these are not my people. Uh, I don't like it here. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I also feel like there's in any other scene other than New York. I mean, I guess LA is like a bigger scene. And so I guess there are women, I don't know where they fucking were. Well, I just feel like in New York, there's like spaces explicitly for women, like, like the women in comedy have like, and like queer people in comedy have like worked to carve out specific spaces. And that's how I like met a lot of my friends is like through those like specific spaces so that by the time I got to like the more male dominated spaces I was like confident enough in my own voice to like handle it to like deal with it you know
2: no I always say I think women and LGBTQ mics saved me in a sense because it was like even when I would go to those other mics who were like and not all of them are bad there are some that are great but when you would go to some that were specifically just like so awful. You're like, okay, this isn't always how it has to be. And sometimes I do say the pitfalls that sometimes the like women and LGBTQ mics are sometimes too friendly and you can't get a good read on material. Cause you're like, you guys are literally just laughing. Cause we're all happy to be here. Um, which is fine, but not super helpful material. But I do think they like help me. Yeah. To really like find yeah, my people and find people who I'm like, okay, I like these people. And I think anything in life in general, but especially comedy too, gets so much easier when you just find like two or three people who you're like, okay, these are the people I'm going to talk to when things happen where I'm like, is this weird? Is this not weird? And I just, yeah, LA, I could not find that for the life of me. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. I think it's also, there's a lot bigger of a divide in New York where LA is just all LA, but New York, it's like Manhattan versus Brooklyn. When <laughs> without even knowing it, I was like, oh, the Brooklyn mics, okay, are the happy ones. And a lot of the Manhattan ones are the not so happy. And not, they're not, again, not all bad. You need both. But a lot of times, the ones that would suck your soul out um, would be the ones that were like at 12 a.m. in the East Village.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, those are truly a nightmare. But I will say if you like women and LGBT mics, you definitely should do the duplex one. I don't know if you've ever done it, but that the duplex, I literally just go there because I know this is bad. This isn't the reason you should go to a mic, but I just go there because I know I'll crush. Like if I'm sad, I'm like, I'll just go there because they'll cause I'll just kill it. <laughs> you no, know?
2: They- it is true. I, that's what I mean though. Like sometimes you do need those times where you're like, even though I know this is because it's easy or it's a very hot crowd, you still need those things to like, keep you going. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's true.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's so nice. You're like, no matter what I say, I'm going to kill just because these are my people. <laughs>
2: I'm yeah. Like, yeah. And they're rooting <laughs> for me.
1: It does, yeah. like said it, it does not actually like help you with material really at all, because I yeah. could do something there and kill. And then like later be like, was that actually a joke or was it like laughing at my like mental <laughs> breakdown? Like, the, yes, I think for the past like four months, I've just been having a constant mental breakdown on stage, like every time and people laugh, but I'm like, are they laughing at me or with me or
2: like, <laughs> does this feel for or against me? I don't know. But either way, <laughs> no. yeah.
1: But yeah, if you want to hit that mic up sometime, it's really fun. And yeah,
2: I've heard of it. I have yet to go. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there is a place, you're right. There's a place for all of that, right? Like sometimes I just need to fucking not, I don't know, I just need to not hate myself when I'm Mm -hmm. doing comedy. And yeah, and I just need to remember like, we don't get paid enough for this for it to not be fun, at least some of the time. And I, it's not always going to be fun and it's hard work. And I like things that are hard work because I'm a maniac and like need more anti-anxiety medication clearly. But I, I like that it's hard work. I like the like science of it. I like thinking about it. I like all of that stuff, but like, it's just too hard to not like have a little bit of joy every once in a while and like just feel good about yourself, you know?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I, I am always a fan of like going, like you said, going to the duplex or anything where you just know you're going to kill because some not truly sometimes I think when you're practicing and pursuing a craft, it's not always just about the honing of it. Sometimes you just need a reminder that like, okay, I'm not bad. And yeah. that are, totally fine. And I say, seek out those moments as much as you can. Obviously there are the people who do those things and go to just, just the one mic a week. Cause they know they're going to kill and do the same five minutes. And like, that's not good, but you're not doing that. So I'm always like, yeah, if you know, there's something that's going to like, that's not harmful to you or others, that's going to make you feel better about your craft. And like, you can keep going. I say, I'm literally all for it.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah 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 well i mean buddy i gotta tell you that is basically what i am doing i'm
2: going and doing the same five
1: minutes <laughs> well listen i'm gonna break you've been it a lot
0: you have to, through, you have stuff. to be kind to yourself madeline like you have been to a lot through a lot and i had this realization as i was i was like with some like new like newer comics the other night and i went to this mic that like i heard was really fun but it was really crowded i put my name and i was like super late and my friend went up and i was just like I don't fucking care if I go up tonight. And I think you get to a point, like, I think we're probably all there. We're like in the beginning, getting on stage every night is what you need to do because it's what you were talking about, Vanessa of like almost that, like getting comfortable being yourself on stage and almost that like It's not rehearsed, but it's, like, a public vulnerability that, like, we just aren't trained to do and you have to, like, learn how to do it. But then, like, after several years, like, I feel like if I don't get up to do a mic one night, like, okay, fine. Like, I'll be okay.
2: Yeah. I talk to people about this so much because there was this period also when I first got to New York and I was doing stuff. And specifically this one mic that was on Tuesdays. It started at 12 a.m. It was a bucket (sighs) mic in the East Village. It was only frequented by the men and the worst men that you hate in your life. And I remember going there one time and I like really crushed and I was like, yeah, I'm a real comic. And I kept going there and I kept bombing and I kept not getting anything out of it because they all hated me and my comedy. And I kept trying to tell myself like, no, but this makes me a real comic and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you just get to a certain point in your development where like it actually isn't making me a real comic at all. It's not making me any better. But then also in the reverse, I think about like your situation right now too, where you're overcoming so much and like, maybe you're just going to that one mic a week to feel good. But like, I remember when I got out of the pandemic and the very first mic that I did was a mic in Washington square park, all men um, at like three in the afternoon, but because it was like one of the only mics at the time, it attracted some of the worst humans. And um, it was just like, it was awful. And I remember thinking like, I don't need to come to this really again. <laughs> like that's that's okay. I can, I can skip out and it'll be fine. Um, and so, yeah, there's just like some things where you just gotta, yeah, I, I wish, and I say this all the time to all comedians, I wish there was a bigger, Uh, realization or just acceptance of like, what works for somebody else doesn't work for one person. There are some people who go to 800 mics a week and get significantly better because of it. There are some people who go to 12 a week and they get better at the rate that they're going to get because they're taking the time that they need for them. You know what I mean? I just wish that everybody would hold themselves to their own standard and be like, okay with that on any on any landscape. If you're the person who's doing 800 mics, amazing. Go get it. If you're not amazing, go get it. Focus on your own lane. And I feel like we would all be so much healthier because of it.
1: Yeah. That's very, very solid advice and very true because that's like a big thing when you first move to New York is like, everyone's always like, okay, well, you got to like grind. You got to hit it so hard. You got to be out every single night. And I think that that is true to an extent because if you're not out constantly then there's like so many comics that people will just forget about you and you won't get booked which sucks like I don't mean to be like a downer but it is true like if you're not out all the time people will just like forget yeah Uh, but I do think that I think that it's hard when you move to New York and you've already been doing stand-up for a while because you're like I don't have the goddamn energy to like be out every single night especially when you have a day job and stuff you're like I don't want to be out every single night of my life I want to like to bed like
2: well that's why I say work harder not smarter as cliche as it is I've talked to Sarah about this many times where there will be people I know who like hang at shows which is awesome and it's an important part but like if you're hanging at 400,000 shows every single night and not getting up on stage there's some issue you know what I mean so it's like sometimes people just check things off boxes, even though it's literally doing nothing for them or their comedy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I think someone's better off doing a 10 minute set and like really honing their stuff than doing 40 shows and at night, just going to hang out and not getting up. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I just, I don't know. To me, there's always a balance for sure.
1: No, I think you're so right. I also think it's like so disingenuous too to like, form relationships form bonds with other comics for the sole purpose of like I'm gonna get stage time it's like that's kind of gross and it's not how you make friends like I I would like to have real friends like Sarah and I Sarah was probably one of my first like very genuine comedy friends that I made in New York
2: uh-huh. and I
1: like wanted or to be friends with her not because I was like now she will put me on her show although she did and it was great but that's <laughs> but I wanted to be friends with her because I was like oh she's like really nice and we have a similar style where we're both just like very high energy do a lot of crowd work and you know both are like gay and queer and like I don't know it was just like stuff like that it's like I'd much rather have a friend for reasons like that than just hang out with people to be like I hung out with this person and now they gave me like the information of who to send my tape to for Colbert or something like that.
2: Yes. Oh, 100%. I always say that works for some people. And if it works for you, more power to you, live your best life. I'm not on that trajectory. And I wish everybody who is all the best in the world.
1: (laughs) But also Vanessa, you're finding your own success without having to be disingenuous, which is like very cool and impressive.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I hope that is how it comes across. (laughs) I'm trying to. I I think it's also when I first got to New York, I remember there's a group of girls who like really were in like a clique together. And I just remember like every time I would go to a mic. I I would be so nervous to perform in front of them because they like wouldn't laugh at other people's jokes and they would try to go first and then just immediately leave. And it felt so isolating. I remember when I first went to a mic and two women who I think they're taking a little bit hiatus from comedy, but, um, Alex Stagliano and, uh, Nessa hunt. Um, mm-hmm. they like saw my set and then they were like, hey, we're going to another mic after this if you want to come with me. And that truly is one of the things that like kept me going. And it's one of the things that I really intentionally tried to focus on when I started doing stand-up more was like, I, I know there's competition and there's like, yeah, you should be trying to be the best. But like I really just honestly, truly perform better when I'm like rooting for other people and like around other people who are like nice and kind. And so I really do try to set that atmosphere because otherwise I just, I like really can't perform if I feel like somebody hates me <laughs> like, yeah. and is watching my set, it like stresses me out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. no, I think that's so, and I also feel like this is something that Sarah and I have talked about before, but I feel like it's always a little bit weird when people get to a certain level where they're like oh I don't watch the other comics or I don't like laugh at the other comics jokes because I'm like I have doing stand-up a long ass time and I still of course I don't watch the other comics if I don't like them like if it's a man who gets up on stage and then talks about like how he hates his wife I'm clearly not gonna watch but like yeah if it's somebody who I'm seeing and for the first time and I think they're funnier if it's a friend of mine I, I genuinely do like watch other comics and like laugh mm-hmm. at their jokes I think it's bizarre when people don't I don't like yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I really, truly agree. I'm like, it's, I, at least I've found from my experience with other people too, is like the people who are the most like tit for tat and like really counting what other people are doing are the people who are the most unhappy and the ones who don't find as much success because the truly, and it's so corny, it feels very first grade, but the more you focus on what other people are doing, the less you're actually doing anything for yourself. (laughs) And that just doesn't help, you know? Like you're you're just putting your energy towards the wrong thing. And don't get me wrong, I've been jealous of other people and I've seen people who I'm like, oh, I wish I could have that joke or they're so funny or whatever. But I truly do try to like put it on my brain and go like, Hey, that was a great set. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I try to channel that into like, Oh man, I need to write more. I need to get a tighter set. I need to try and get my jokes tighter. I don't channel it into like, I'm going to make this person feel like they suck. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's just not my energy. (laughs) And I try to make it not, especially when I'm like jealous of other people's sets or whatever, because it does happen.
0: Of course. And I think when you, when like that stuff creeps in for me is when it's like, there's something else in my life that I'm like, not doing self-care wise. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not sleeping up. Like sometimes the pressures to get, do another, My I, I work a day job where I have to wake up at six in the morning. Like sometimes for me, it's better for my mental health to go to sleep. And then like, feel okay. And then I go on stage that night and I feel better and I feel like more grounded and I feel like safer. And I feel just like my brain is more right. You know what I mean? And like 100%. Yeah. And I think it's like, we have this, there is a lot of competition, but I also think like when you start to like make friends and really like love and respect other comics, like you are too, I would say like good friends of mine, like Madeline were fused, like in a weird way at this point, like we have a codependent thing happening that we, I wouldn't get through a day without talking to you, but I love you both. And I love both of your comedy. And so like, because we've like formed that bond, like when I watch you win, it feels like I'm winning too, you
2: know? Yeah, 100%. I mean more so the entertainment relation or relation. Entertainment business, it's so built off of like relationships too and like you said when you're friends with people, you want to see them win and like when you win and you have an opportunity to like put someone's name in someone else's ear and like give people things and be like, "Oh, this person would be great for that." I feel like that's just helpful. So people who don't approach it that way, I'm like, "That's just a bad business plan." I don't know. <laughs> right? I have to tell you. <laughs> you're just Yeah not very business savvy but okay
0: (laughs) it's like you're gonna be sad and not successful like I like at the very least I'm fucking happy and like feel like fulfilled in some way even the moments that like feel really shitty and there's lots of them in comedy like there's lots I think I was texting you like the other weekend of like kill me I'm in a room of like all these dudes who are all like talking about how much they love each other's comedy and I'm getting up and like doing well on stage and no one gives a flying fuck, you know?
2: Yep. And they're just like, what is happening? And you're like, "Uh, I'm doing good.
0: Yeah. Right. But then like, I have those moments of like, okay, I'm like surrounded by people that genuinely care and like want to see me be successful and I want to see them be successful. And I just, I don't know, it's like such a broken industry. And so having, you have to have that or you'll, I don't know. I don't know where i was going with this but mostly you have to have that or you'll blow your brains
2: out truly 100 i yeah. think
1: um so vanessa i guess to lead into like our main question that we wanted to ask you today we just wanted to talk a little bit about your journey as a writer and like how you um what about getting your first tv writing job how you got this huge success with getting staffed on snl um if you want to talk with us about that we would love to hear it And also we just, we already talked a little bit about this, like before we started recording, but one thing that we've been trying to do on the podcast is like give information to people for free, because I think that like getting into the entertainment industry, getting into TV writing, getting into anything like that is always very, it feels very uh, secretive. It feels like a thing that people can't know. So we'd really like to get people on who have achieved these cool things like you have and talk about it a little bit in a way that's more like, you know, palpable so people can understand how you went about doing it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I explained how I got to Lily, but how I got the uh, stuff for Lily was just, again, another friendships. There's an amazing comedian, Marcella Onyango, um, who I've been very close friends with since I like got to New York. And she had got sent the packet for A Little Late With Lily Singh from someone and was kind enough to send it to me and another comedian because um, she was like, oh, you guys would be good for this. So you should submit for this. Um, and so I did didn't hear back for like a month i think that was maybe in november no maybe september 2020 2020, and didn't hear back for a month um the packet was like it was let's see two rants which is their what they called their like monologues essentially so two of those two sketches. Um, the sketches could be whatever we wanted them to be. They just had to feature Lily in some way. And then a page of like desk bits. And for those of you who don't not write for like late night variety, desk bits are like a carpool karaoke or like a thank you notes with Jimmy Fallon. Just like something that a host does that's like either behind their desk um, or just features them in some way doing some sort of comedy. And so did that, um, submitted that, didn't hear back from up for a month. And then when I finally heard back, I got an email that was like, Hey, can you interview for the writing position tomorrow? And I was like, okay, cool. We'll do. Um, so hopped on a zoom call with the showrunner, um, the head writer, Chelsea Davison, who's amazing. And Lily saying herself, and then oh, one of the executive producers also popped in for like a minute. And basically what I've also always heard about writing jobs and which has turned out to be true for me is like, once you get to like the interview portion, they've already seen your writing, they already know that you're funny and you're good. Basically at that point, what they're trying to do is just make sure you're not a psychopath um, because like writing jobs are just like so many hours spent together and you don't want someone who's gonna be like crazy. Um, So basically, yeah, they were just checking to make sure that I was a nice, normal human being. It was a lot of questions of like, who are your comedic inspirations? And like, who who got you most excited about doing comedy? And who do you kind of look up to um, in a comedy lens? And um, and then from there, uh, and then Lily asked a lot more of like chill questions, like how many brothers and sisters you have? And who, what are their names? And um, yeah, and so it was very, very chill. And then got an email i think the interview was on a friday and then on a monday i got an email from someone in the legal department and it was such a funny like it wasn't like congrats you got the job it was like hey vanessa so here's the contract for you to sign from the producers or something i don't know how the wires got crossed but for some reason the showrunner forgot to call me to tell me that i got the job (laughs) So, so the legal department just straight up sent me my contract and i was like I guess I'm hired. <laughs> oh my God. Cool. To this day, nobody's called me to tell me I got the job. Um, I just signed the contract and was like, "Okay, cool. This is who I am now." Uh, so, which was very fun. Signed the contract, um, and then uh, yeah, I started. It was very quick. Again, I started. I think I signed the contract on Monday, and maybe I started like two or three days later. It was very very quick because um, they. I think they were like late to hiring or something. I don't know why, but they needed to start right away um, for, yeah, it was just for the second season. So yeah, did that. And then um, very nerve wracking. It was a Zoom room, which is because it was in the middle of a pandemic. And so uh, it was like eight of us and it was such a fun experience. Everybody in the writer's room was truly amazing. Um, It was really cool to be able to write for like a woman of color and just um, also to learn just her perspective too. and learn more about her culture, I think was really, really great for me as well. Um, So many really, really cool people who are in that room who I just um, love very dearly. We spent so much time together on Zoom. It was like four hours a day with like a two hour in between break to like write stuff. The thing that I love about Late Night Variety, which was also very hard, is like, you're writing so much. (laughs) You're like writing a sketch and then pitching despots. And then just like, I was very used to the idea of like, Okay, I'll light a candle and I'll get my coffee and I'll sit and I'll think of my sketch ideas and I'll write the sketch ideas. And it's very much so like, okay, we need this full sketch from you in an hour. And you're just like, got it. Okay, I will send you a full sketch in an hour. (laughs) That's like awesome. That's a lot, but I'll do it. Um, So that was very cool, but also just, uh, yeah, a a whole new learning skill for me, which has also made me less precious in my other kinds of writing um, as well. So, yeah, that is how that journey happened. Did that make all sense?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that was great. Um, The only follow-up question I was going to ask about that, Vanessa, is so that it sounds like it all happened really fast. Did you have an agent or like a manager send it over or did you just send it over, send your packet yourself?
2: No, I just sent it straight up myself. Yeah, I didn't get an agent or manager until like recently, Mm -hmm. um, which has been great. You know, it's very funny. I got another you know, men, I do love men. They are great, but sometimes they're such a struggle. And I, when I, after I got the SNL job, someone, a a dude who I was like, kind of, we had to cross paths. He was another comedian and he messaged me and was like, Hey, can I ask you a question? Which is always not good. It's never good when somebody asks, can I ask you a question instead of the actual question? But I was like, sure. And he was like, Hey, did you have an agent or a manager for?" uh to get the lily job and i was like no and he was like and you didn't have one to get snl and i was like no and he was like oh i guess that means you're like really funny <laughs> i'm so mad really?
0: i'm so okay. mad I love has- when- <laughs> i'm so angry i oh love when people to-
1: no. yeah but i'm like- i'm filled with a rage I oh just my god so can you name names
0: right? later i'm like dying oh yeah. <laughs> i can't oh, sure. okay.
1: can you tell us i'm so angry can you tell us who this is I just want to say like truly the audacity, like that's like absolutely bonkers crazy to message that.
2: Crazy. And I love when people try to walk you into like insulting yourself. Like, how do I respond to that without having to be like, oh, no, I'm not. It was a complete (laughs) accident. You should no, have just no. been like,
1: yeah, I'm a fucking dope writer. I'm just really funny. Yeah. I
2: said, I said something like, yeah, I, I am. Or guess so. It was just like a weird.
1: How do you um, respond to cool. that? My no, it's his
2: and like, response. I guess you're really funny.
0: Why does somebody <laughs> need to say that? Like, yeah, you fucking are. Like you are.
2: I think in his head he thought it was a compliment. It was like, oh, wow, I guess you're funny then. And I'm like, yeah,
1: cool. It's also just one thing to like, uh, when I sold a script I got a, like three or four of those messages and I think it's like and I talked to Sarah about this and I'm like I think it's one thing for sure if it's like a friend like an actual friend of course they're going to ask you questions of course and I think yeah. it's one thing if you're like I want to help like another person of color or another woman another queer person but it never is that's never who it is you know what I mean no. it's never it's no. never a woman it's always like a white man and it's always it's it's usually it's always a straight man I would say and it's it's always just like out of the blue. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, we we don't actually know each other. Like we've done a couple. Yeah.
2: I can tell he was probably trying to, it's one of those things where you're trying to feel better about yourself. So you're like, Oh, maybe if it's because of a literary agent, I can make her feel like she didn't actually earn it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, it's so such a funny response. I guess you're really funny then. Oh, am I? That's so crazy. <laughs>
0: like, cool. Thanks. I guess yeah. it's yeah. It, 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 yeah. It's always coming from a place. It's never coming from a place of like genuine, like, how did you, like, I really, like, I really do want to know the pathway because I want to try to be better. Right. Like you're so yes. good. And I want to be like, I want to work that hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. It's always coming from a place of like, there was some fluke that got her there, or yes. and it's always from men mm-hmm. and like straight men who are straight white men who are saying, like, there is just some fluke, it couldn't have just been because of her skill
2: it's yes, just had exactly. to be something else. Cause it's like pointing a mirror. Like if she got it because of her skill, well then why didn't I get such a thing? And it's, it is interesting. Cause I'm like, I never mind when people reach out and ask for advice. I never mind any of those things. As long as people are like straight up and upfront or like, Hey, I'd love to grab coffee or Hey, I want to know more about sketch or Hey, I want to do this. I never mind those. It's always the weird random. And like you said, it's never like friends or people, you know, it's always like weird people on the edges of your life who you're like, I would have never expected to hear from you again, who are like, Hey, yo, can I just ruin your day for a minute? (laughs) For sure. Go ahead. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And it's, I I feel like it's a very similar, like, I feel like it kind of reminded me of also like when I got divorced, not that I was like very publicly getting divorced, but I felt like I just got these like random ass messages from like people from my high school, like, Hey, Sorry to see that, you guys. I was like, "What? Who are you? Like, why yeah. are you talking
2: to me? Well, yeah, if this you're doesn't like, have
1: what? anything to do with you. We haven't spoken in ten years. Like, yes, we're, you know, it's, it's just so random. And it is, it is like Sarah said. I do think it is very much like people are like, oh, well." She is here in New York, and we've been doing comedy maybe the same amount of time, or maybe I've been doing comedy longer than her, or something like that. So then they're yes. like, "Oh well, of course she only got it because of this, this, and this." And then you're like, "No, I straight up just got it because I like submitted a packet and it was good, and then I like did a good interview." And they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, yes. like well, yeah, it. You
2: know? they're like, "That's crazy. How?" <laughs> I'm like, okay,
0: but I've been hanging at the pair every night for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, how did I not get it? I've
1: been barking.
2: barking. It's so funny to me. like, all right, whatever, whatever makes you feel better. Cool.
1: But I will say the fact that you did get those things without an agent or a manager is very impressive. Like it it really is. is because that's pretty rare. I think I don't, I don't think most people do.
2: Yeah. It is a very weird, rare thing where I'm very thankful that things like that worked out in my favor. And like I said, I think Um, the pandemic is awful and I absolutely hate it, but I, without phrasing, without sounding like a psychopath, it did give me a chance, I think, to work a little bit more diligently about different things that I probably wouldn't have, like my writing, um, and like honing those kind of things. I definitely wasn't the person who was like, I'm going to write King Lear (laughs) this year at all. I, most of it was spent watching The Mentalist, great show, um. But yeah, it did give me a chance to like sit down and hunker down and really like work on writing. And I also say for people, especially in like the late night variety space, I think a really big thing is like, if anything comes across your like desk or your whatever, your email, I always say apply for everything. Even if it's like a show that like, as long as it's nothing that like goes against your morals or anything, like, you know what I mean? If Trump does a late night show, I wouldn't be like, come on, submit a packet, um, (laughs) But I'm like, as long as it's nothing that like goes against your morals or anything, always just submit, always just put it out there. Even if it's like, oh, that's not really my favorite show, or I don't know if I would get that guy's voice. I personally, I think every packet and every opportunity makes you just better. And I think I got to a certain point where I was getting sent a lot and, um, I just kept doing all of them because I was like, every single one makes you sharper. It makes you better. It makes you, um, hone your skills and write different types of jokes for different types of people, which kind of expands your mind. So it always, to me, there's always a benefit to just doing every single thing that comes across that you find. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been really, really good. We do have to let you go in like 10 minutes. So just before you go, could you tell us a little bit about, um, getting hired at SNL and then your experience there thus far?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, that also was one of those, like, I feel like a lot of writing jobs or just entertainment jobs in general, just on the fly. So I got an, an email on, I want to say on a Friday to come in and interview the following Tuesday. And so I came in, it was at like five in the afternoon, the interview was, because everything runs so late there. Um, So the interview was at like 5.15. And it was me and like six other people who were all sitting there to interview for the writing thing. And they had two different rooms, one of like head writers and one of um, producers. And uh, so they pulled you in one by one to each room. So first I went to the one with the head writers and producers, or no, the, the head writers, and just kind of talked to them again about like, What's your comedic background? Oh, also, sorry, I skipped a step. That also was a blind submission. Every summer SNL does blind submissions that are due on July 15th. Um, And so I had seen that I'd submitted my package. So I did that in July and didn't hear back for an interview until September. So that's when I went in to do the interview with those two different rooms. They're very short, very casual. They kind of just, like I said, ask you questions about like, what do you do in comedy? How, what is it like? What kind of stuff are you most interested in? All that kind of stuff. And then knew that the show this year was starting on October 2nd. And so I knew that in order... The interview was on a Tuesday, and there was technically like two weeks before they needed to bring people in to write for that week of shows. And so I hadn't heard back anything for like a week and a half. And it was the Thursday before the Monday that I knew they were going to have to start. And so I kind of at that point was like, okay, I guess I didn't get it. And nobody told me, uh, rude, but cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so didn't uh, hear back. And then that Thursday, at like in the afternoon, like three or four in the afternoon, I got an email no call, again, an email and the email subject line was like, uh, Vanessa Jackson, SNL writer offer. And I was like, and I like through my phone, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is it. Um, and yeah, it was just a very like, congratulations, we are going to offer you this, but also you need to start Monday. Um, which worked out for me cause I was in New York and also Lily had been canceled. So I didn't have anything to do. So I was like, great. See you Monday. Um, but I know there's a lot of other people who moved from like Michigan or LA who also had the same three days. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, which they, luckily they put you up for some time until you like can find your own place, which is very, very nice. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a whirlwind being there. I, I love it so much. It's awesome. We, they hired on 10 new writers this year, which has actually been so, so helpful because I think we all don't know what we're doing. So we've all been able to really like cling to each other and really help each other with our careers, which has been really, really nice. Everybody is like super, um just very collaborative which is a thing that i was nervous about because you hear all the like interviews and stuff about you know it's very like political or cutthroat and stuff and so far my experience hasn't been that way everybody's been like really nice and really like all hands on deck um yeah i mean it's just like crazy and surreal being there it's funny because it's like half entertainment and like sketches and comedy and then half like You're in an office and there's weird things where you're like the first day, you're like, oh, uh, does anybody know how to use the printer? And like, can I get more staples for my desk? That would be cool. Um, But yeah, it's so far, it's fun. The hours are really, really long. So we're there like most days. I got home last night, um, like 4 a.m. Uh so I slept in today very late. Um, although I woke up to text you guys back and then I was sorry because I fell asleep again and then <laughs> texted you back like seven hours later. Like... I
1: uh, I should have thought about that though. I was texting an SNL writer on Sunday morning at like 10 a.m. No, have... you're
2: great. It was totally fine. I just felt bad because I was like, Oh yeah, they must have thought I like dropped my phone. Um yeah. so uh
1: No, we figured. Yeah. Okay.
2: Fabulous. Um, But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, the hours even aren't that terrible because it's nice to like be with everyone and you're like, we're doing this. This is cool. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I have enjoyed the whirlwind that it is just working there. (laughs) It's Mm
1: -hmm. fun. That's so amazing. Like that's just really cool. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's like nothing else you write and you produce there, which has been nice, but it is still like a learning curve. Like my first day, um I had written a sketch and then my boss was like hey did you need to go talk to Owen Wilson and I was like no and she was (laughs) like she's like no like to pitch him your sketch you need to go talk to and I was like oh okay that's the thing I do cool 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 right awesome yeah it's very very fun so that's always cool
1: that has to be a very like surreal experience to just it
2: is wild every single day I'm like this is weird that I'm here and uh just doing it cool (laughs) truly and do you feel
1: like with stand-up now too has it been has it been kind of hard to maintain like going all around the city and like grinding it out and doing shows and stuff while also doing this job with insane hours
2: oh yes for sure I have now kind of figured out a balance I think my first couple weeks Sarah probably witnessed I was just like hanging on by a thread (laughs) I was like I am so exhausted like I've never I didn't give myself enough time to like I was the queen of like no i don't need to change my old life to do this i can i can do both and i like almost died of exhaustion I remember. so now i figured out <laughs> yeah yeah you remember there was a couple of days where i was like fully just not even having proper sentences i was like i don't know where i'm at um we made it though and uh i i have now learned a balance of like i can do stand up on sundays and mondays and then when we have like a ton of time off we get like a bunch of weeks off like we have a three-week break coming up um i can just like do a ton of spots that week. So now when people reach out, I'm like, Hey, can I do, do you guys have a show this week or things like that? So I'm able to like manage it in that way. So that has been nice. Um, I just didn't realize at first, everyone was like, the hours are crazy there. And I was like, I know how to stay up. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> they're very, very crazy. So yes, I'm still able to do stand up, but yeah, in a different way and a little bit less.
0: Yeah. 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 And you were telling me that it actually, like the other night, we were talking and you were telling me that it actually like is fun to write for different voices and then go back to writing for kind of your own.
2: Yeah. That that's been like the really, really cool thing too, is like you get to write for so many like big comedic actors and stuff. And then also it feels like having also the reprieve of stand up and being able to just solely focus on like, what am I going through right now? That's also fun. So they're both fun, but in very different ways for sure. Yeah. So cool.
1: This is very, I, I feel like we should let you go in yep. just a second. Um, But thank you so much. Like this is really, I, I really think that it will be helpful to people. I think that it's very inspirational that you did this without an agent or manager. That's like truly wild. But also people don't think that anyone can do this. Okay. Don't like everyone get all excited. So because, everyone
2: yeah. <laughs> can do this. If there's nothing else that I can say, that's my only thing I like to tell people. I am literally not anyone special. I just really hit the ground running. No,
1: I, do don't, encourage them. don't encourage them. There's going to be all these yeah.
0: men now. Don't. I mean, <laughs> I don't think any straight men listen to this podcast. So I think we're in the care. We're Vanessa, safe. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I think people sometimes need to hear to like, just try something, you know, yeah. but also I think you are special because I think you're a wonderful person.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And you guys are as well.
1: Oh yeah, stop. Thank we're you so much for doing it. Like, we're yeah, yeah we're, we're about to lose our minds. But thank you so <laughs> for- much. <laughs> thank you for letting
2: me do it. This has been so much fun. I love you, ladies. This is great. I yeah.
1: appreciate it. And I, I think you're our first non-queer guest. But yes. we'll, it, we'll allow it. We'll thank allow
2: you. It. Let it thank you for letting me be the token straight. I love it and <laughs> I'm here for it. And where
1: can people
0: find you if they want to keep up with you and how oh, funny yay. and lovely you are?
2: I think this is the first podcast I get to use my new Instagram handle, which is Instagram at very Vanessa, two N's in Vanessa. And then Twitter is also the same at very Vanessa with an underscore.
0: Cool, uh, very funny on both. We'll link both of them in our show notes too. So you can find Vanessa. And then obviously you can find her on SNL, watch it. Because like, actually the first review I read, it was like, this is like the best SNL that has happened in years. And I was like, probably because Vanessa's there.
2: I'll take full credit. I will 100% claim that energy. Um, thank you so much. <laughs>
1: you, did it. you did it. It is actually very good this season. And I actually have watched some episodes. I'm not just saying that to make you be in love with me. I, yeah. Really good. Very funny. <laughs> she I'm did. excited.
0: She said I weirder am. stuff to make people fall in love with her, to be honest.
2: Haven't <laughs> we all, sadly? <laughs>